The following reading was done a long time ago before I had the recording equipment and resources I do now, so I apologise for its lower quality, but I still think you all will enjoy it. Warning, the following fanfic contains blood and violence and some swearing. Rainbow Factory by Aora Dawn There's long been rumours as to how exactly rainbows are made in Equestria. While a great amount of Pegasi ponies are employed in the rainbow department of the weather factory, almost all of them do the low-end work. What's known is that great streams of spectra, the individual colours of the rainbow, flow through large grates and into vast vats. From there, workers carefully and equally mix the spectra into the coagulated rainbow pools that dot and run through the factory and the surrounding city. Next, that mixture is pumped to the floor below, where other employees automise it and store it until the active weather pegasi deployed in the field. However, no one knows how individual spectra is made. Supplies are never seen being brought in, leaving not even a clue as to what goes into a rainbow. Tourists, when visiting the factory, are treated to an extremely foreboding and plain wall, with massive solid doors barring entry to any pony at any time. While most of the factory's various signs and architecture is bubbly and welcoming, the Rainbow Factory's upper floor was protected by a harsh imagery of potential hazards and death. And the cloud wall was made not out of the clean white of the rest of the city, but out of a black, quietly thundering fog. To become an employee of the upper Rainbow Factory means sacrificing any life outside of those black walls. Workers are sworn to secrecy, and forbidden from leaving, and live inside the facility itself. Those few who ever managed to make it out, not in a body bag, were twisted and disturbed, too damaged to ever bring themselves to talk about it. A lot of theories were proposed. Dark magic from captured unicorns, chemicals and environmental hazards that no sane pony would tolerate, and even thoughts of another unknown sister of Celestia's, destined to create the spectra instead of raise a sun or moon. None of them could be further from the truth. Come on, Orion, we're going to be late for our final test, Scootaloo called to a friend of hers. She was older now, in her last year of flight school. She, like all other Pegasi in the school, were terribly nervous of the final test. Those that passed were granted freedom into the world to find their cutie marks, if they hadn't yet and become working ponies. A little known, or at least little thought about fact, was of what happened to the fillies that failed their test. While uncommon, one or two from every class generally didn't have it in them to perform the rigorous acts and manoeuvres. Those that failed their tests were looked down upon in the worst of ways, shunned and hated. Cloudsdale had always bred a form of nationalism amongst its occupants. If you weren't the best, or didn't show the potential of being the greatest, you weren't allowed to be part of the glorious collective. Scootaloo moved a little to the side as Orion, a tall yet fairly skinny pony, settled next to her. He fluffed his light brown feathers and gave a worried attempt at a smile as he stared around where he sat, and they were sitting in a large open waiting room on looking the Colosseum, with all the other graduating Pegasi. Just visible in the distance was the factory. Orion glanced at it and gulped. What's the matter, Orion? You afraid of getting a dead-end job on the snow line? Orion chuckled a bit, then tossed his eyes and sighed. No, it's just... I don't know, I don't think I can do this. What if I fail? What if I don't fail, but do just bad enough to be disliked by everyone? I don't know if I can take being deported... Where do we even go anyways? Scootaloo gave Orion a friendly punch. No one knows you, Dolt, and we're not going to fail. Everyone here is going to do fine. I know I will at least pass. She laughed. Thanks to the tips from Rainbow Dash, I'm sure to do fine. Oh yeah, sure, that reassures me. That's actually just as, if not even more reassuring than the psychopathic hate every pony here seems to love to spread. Quit panicking, scaredy-wings, Scootaloo replied. 
The only one here I think might fail is that yellow pony with the dark green mane. She's the one who was out sick for that whole month, you know. Oh yeah, Orion remembered as he craned his head in the other pony's direction. The one who had that bad case of hoof and wing? She looks pretty confident, though. I suppose we'll see. Scootaloo trailed, turning to look at the factory herself. It gave her chills, not of fear but pride. I hope I get some cool active weather job. Can you imagine everyone in Ponyville or Philadelphia staring up at me going, there goes Scootaloo, such an amazing flyer, and from Cloudsdale, there can be no doubt. She smiled in excitement, forgetting her tension for the moment. That would be something, I'll admit, mind you, just coming from Cloudsdale, who wouldn't be in awe. Exactly! Praise the flock! Praise the flock! Places! Places, every pony! A massive buff Pegasus walked towards the entrance of the Colosseum. We're going to do this by name. Your adjudicators are on the east side of the field. Do not, I repeat, do not fly far west. If they lose sight of you for any reason, you'll be failed immediately. Take deep breaths. Stretch your wings one at a time. The test will consist of three sections. Weather clearing, agility, and finally recovery. Clear the clouds, fly through the hoops, and then fly to the marked elevation. Close your wings for at least three seconds, any less and you'll fail. But keep in mind, there's no extra points for extra seconds. Finally, recover before you hit the cloud floor. Understood? Any questions? The instructor paused and carefully glanced at every single pony in the room. Everyone's eyes were completely focused on him, and none were creased with confusion. Alright, Aora Dawn, you're up first. Clear, fly, fall, complete. The yellow pony nodded and walked quickly up the starting ramp with purpose. She stared at the watching judges, waited for a nod from all three, and then took off with powerful force. The ramp bounced slightly from the force of the takeoff. Every pony watched as Aora quickly reached the starting altitude and then began a direct and purposeful attack on the position clouds. With expert timing and intelligent angles, the sky was soon empty of any moisture. Scootaloo, Orion, with expert timing and intelligent angles, the sky was soon empty of any moisture. Scootaloo and Orion watched with open mouths as they watched the first testee pull fast and tight turns, expertly shooting dead centre through each and every hoop. Finally, Aora pulled herself up to the proper altitude, hovered and closed her wings. The group of students gasped as she started plummeting down towards the clouds and counted breathlessly. One, two, three. They sighed as they watched their wings open in the correct amount of time, collectively holding that relief. Suddenly, Aora's wings whipped upwards, and the group of students flinched in horror as they heard a loud, hollow snap, only to be suddenly replaced by an unending, piercing scream. Many, like Orion, shielded their eyes with their wings, as others, like Scootaloo, could only watch, terrified as the blur of yellow, green, and red plummeted into a cloud with a dull thump. Wasting no time, the instructor walked forwards again as the three judges simply pointed down and started shuffling papers around. Speaking loudly as if nothing had happened, he called out again, Daisy Fields, clear, fly, fall, complete. Scootaloo and Orion stared slack-jawed as another pony gulped, then walked forwards onto the path and took off. They turned back to the tuft on the cloud where Aora landed and stared. As the wind blew the fragments that were thrown up from the collision away, they saw the shivering yellow body attempt to move, only to collapse with a cry. Far away spots, clear, fly, fall, complete. Aora still struggled to walk, wailing with every step. Her legs weren't broken. She could use the vibe, but it was obvious that the pain for her wig joints and the loss of her potential life was crushing her. Scootaloo felt Orion shuffle uneasily, tears welling in his eyes as a frown formed on his face. Holiday shine! Clear! Fly! Fall! Complete! No one's coming to help her! Orion seethed through closed teeth. Scootaloo felt extremely sad for the yellow pegasus, but couldn't see herself helping her. She would be failed herself and sent away, far away from Cloudsdale and any familiar place on Equestria, to a place where she and any other failed students 
could never stain Cloudsdale's reputation. It was a terrible shame, but Scootaloo couldn't fail herself, she couldn't fail her friends, and she definitely couldn't fail Rainbow Dash, not after the care and help she had given her Scootaloo's whole life. Scootaloo blinked the tears from her eyes and forced herself to watch the competing students. One after another took off, successfully passed the test and flew to the east gate under the judge's spot in the stands. That's all Scootaloo focused on. Pass the test. Fly to the gate. Live a happy life. Orion Solstice. Clear. Fly. Full. Complete. No. What? The instructor took a step back. One leg raised in the air. You can't just refuse your flight test. Get out there before you piss the judges off. No. Don't even pretend you care about my future if you don't care about hers. Orion defied, unsure about himself. You say you want me to get a good life, and yet you let those that fail suffer unbearable pain? Get the fuck onto that field before I fail you myself, the instructor shouted menacingly. Fine. Orion spoke sharply before walking onto the ramp. He stared at the judges, waited for the individual nods, and the second they came, he took off. However, long before the starting altitude, he turned sharply and landed gently next to Aora. She turned and looked at him, blood running down her forehead and sides, and tears streamed down her face. What, what are you doing? You'll fail like me. You'll be exiled. I'd rather be exiled from a place that treats ponies like this than live my life while others don't live theirs. Aora smiled, happiness briefly replacing her sadness in her blackened puffy eyes until she stumbled again and intense pain flashed across her body. Orion leaned in close, using his wig to brace the yellow pony against himself. He stared up at the judges, beaming hate with his vision. They stared down unaffected and simply pointed down, before looking back towards the ramp for the next contestant. Scootaloo stood shocked, hardly hearing her name called. She moved numbly up the ramp, never taking her eyes off her friend and the pony he sacrificed himself to help. After a brief moment, she shook her head, rediscovered her thoughts, and looked to the judges. Thoughts passed through her head as she watched them all nod. Oh, Celestia, what do I do? I can't let everyone I know down, but I'll never see Orion again. I suppose, I hope he knew that risk when he did that. I'm sure he's thinking the same thing right now. She glanced at Orion. He wasn't looking at her. She took off, heartbroken, instinct kicked in as the familiar rush of wind cooled her and blew her thoughts away. She stopped at the right altitude and then launched again, sensing and seeing every cloud, formulating a game plan. In a matter of a couple of dozen seconds, the sky was clear. She did a quick loop in mid-flight, aiming at the first hoot. With a powerful flash of her wings, she propelled forward through the first ring, and then the second, and then the third, Expertly turning and drifting, she curved in towards the second last ring near the bottom of the field. As she descended, she caught sight of Orion and Aurora. Almost at the west gate now, Orion turned his head and smiled weakly. Scootaloo's focus shattered. Orion knew what he did. He cared about her. He'd missed her, and he'd never get to say goodbye. Scootaloo cranked into the bottom part of the ring, falling backwards several feet and hitting the ground. With a sudden, intense flash of fear, she flipped herself onto her feet and began flapping her wings, levitating off the ground. Maybe that didn't count as a failure, she thought. I can still fly. There was just a distraction on the field. She spun around to the judges. Three hooves pointed down. Scootaloo started crying there tears welling up and blurring her vision. This wasn't right. This shouldn't have happened. None of it. Orion should have passed his test and cheered her on from the east gate. She shouldn't have looked at him. She should have focused on flying, but there was no room for excuses. Defeated. She slowly hovered towards Orion and settled next to him. She looked at him through her purple eyes and looked back, offering a smile. You did a great job. Scootaloo dropped her head and sobbed. She then walked around Orion, lifted a wing of her own, and helped Aurora walk towards the west gate. 
Before them stood a long, unlit hall with only a cheap sign stuck to the wall, notifying test values to proceed down the hall. They waited only briefly to gather themselves and prepare for where they would be taken, and then all stepped forward together. Still deeper into rainbow philosophy Far beyond the battle class deals mythology It's easy to misjudge that floating city With its alluring they go in social psychology Against an empty carriage at the end of the lonely hall were three imposing ponies leaning in a disinterested and bored pose. One of them happened to look up as the sorry-looking trio stumbled out into the open. They were on the bottom edge of the Colosseum, with the vast rolling hills and plains of Equestria visible far below. Hey, boss, we got them worthless Pegasus, the first one called out to an even bigger pony on the other side of the carriage. I suppose it's time to get to work, is it? Call it, Hotshot, there may be more, too. No, no, I was the I, last student to go... Scootily spoken sobs. Orion could only hang his head. It's... It's... She paused, and then breathed deeply, determined to remain as strong as she could. It's just us three. Aora's wings, they're broken. She needs help. Ain't that a crying shame, it is. What's it to us? All the better she don't come flying back to us no more. We may have failed our damn test, but that doesn't mean we're not worth keeping alive. Scootily shouted in a flash of rage. She was determined to hold on to as much dignity as she could. All right, all right, sheesh. Hey, Patches, doctor her up before we head out. I don't want any blood on them seats. I just washed that thing. You utter to into the cart. Orion and Scootily hopped into the carriage and got comfortable as they could on the hard seats, but made sure to leave room for Aora. As soon as a third of the large ponies finished Bandaging her wings, Aora carefully stepped onto the vehicle and lay down on the bench at the back. Scootaloo inched closer to her and leaned down to talk as the door to the carriage slammed shut. The boss pony was inside the back, standing by the door, watching each of them. So, Scootaloo began quietly, trying not to speak too loud. You're Aurora. I'm Scootaloo. I'm sorry we had to meet like this. Any meeting of a friend is a welcome meeting, Aora spoke gently with sincerity in her eyes. We did our best. That's all we could say. That's all any of us could say. Who's to say that the city of the deported isn't a good one anyways? The thought struck Scootaloo as she considered it. No one was ever told about where the Pegasi were brought. Most ponies considered it to be some odd land, like where the zebras hailed from. That made Scootaloo realize something even more profound. Hey, if we're taken, is this where Zakora's from? Then there's got to be some way to get back. It's not as if we're banned from Equestria. Fluttershy, an old friend of mine, she's a Pegasus who lives in Podyville. She never passed flight school. She never took her test. They've never come and taken her away. Exactly, Aora agreed with a nod. Orion overheard and offered his thoughts. I think the reason we're sent far away is because no pony from Cloudsdale ever wants to admit that someone who failed flight school could come from their city. What a fucking horrible place. Now that I think about it, I never want to go back. Maybe that's why no Pegasus ever comes back. They just don't like Cloudsdale. You goddamn worthless ponies could hardly call yourself Pegasus. Boss spoke from the door. He was swaying ever so slightly as the carriage was lifted and moved to an unknown location. Useless failures is what you are. No pony comes back from exile. Regardless of reason, can't even pass your goddamn test. You three make me sick. Scootily jumped up from her seat, lifted herself into the air with her wings, and dove legs first at Boss. You shut the hell up about us. You have no right to treat others like this. Boss raised a hoof and backhanded Scootaloo out of the air onto the floor. I could treat you however I want. You hardly classify as ponies to Cloudsdale or any of Equestria for all that matter. Now sit the fuck down and shut up until you get to your destination. Where are we being taken anyways? Not like we can tell anyone now. And I'm sure as the deliverers, you guys should know. Orion cautiously reasoned. Hell if I know. We hand this carriage off to ponies in suits, and we get a bag full of coins to keep quiet about the whole thing. It's how it's always been, for a thousand years. The three fillies huddled together again, scared of the unknown. They kept quiet as they waited through the unbearable trip, all lost in their own thoughts. 
Friends, family, loved ones and pets all will never see them again and some would never find out why. An hour passed and then another. Finally, the uncomfortable quiet was broken by a sudden lurch as the carriage stopped in its flight. Ah, Boss smiled. There's my stop. You ponies play nice now. Have fun in whatever hell you're sent to. The carriage door shuffled open and Boss hopped out with a gust of cold wind. It was night outside now, with hardly any light to see at all. Scootaloo stared outside and noticed another figure staring in. It was dressed in a black suit, its tail dyed an unnatural black that never occurred in nature. His face was covered by a dark, loose-fitting mask, concealing its mane. All that was visible were the rose-coloured eyes staring indifferently at the three ponies inside. They stopped on Scootaloo momentarily, unrecognising, but she stared back a second past. The dark pony slammed the door shut and the carriage took off once again. At least we can talk now, Aora whispered in the dark, but they had nothing to talk about. With all great things comes a great responsibility. The carriage finally shuddered to a stop. The three desolate fowls blinked their eyes awake. Having all resolved to conserve energy for whatever came next, with a loud scraping noise the doors shook and then swung wide open. Several more ponies obscured by masks and suits were moving around the area. Scootaloo blinked against the light from what she was seeing. They were in a cloud building. As her eyes adjusted, she noticed more details. Several of the blackened ponies were rushing around, some holding clipboards, some carrying briefcases and other important looking items on their backs. The complex was full of machinery and signs. Pipes rang along the ceiling and a loud whirr ran in the background. Occasionally joined with other industrial sounds such as crashes and alarms, Scootaloo gasped. This place, the architecture, it's all so familiar. I think we're in the weather factory. Orion frowned. That can't be right. We were traveling for way too long. We've got to be far away from Equestria now, not to mention the city. Actually, Scootaloo may be right, Aora mused. I noticed it was maybe the same amount of time from when we left the Colosseum to the place the carriage driver swapped. That it was from the swap place to here. But I don't know, I'm confused. Maybe that's just a coincidence. Welcome, mules. A large and powerful voice commanded. Several of the suited ponies moved to make way for the deep, dark red pegasus dressed in a white lab coat. You degenerates are probably wondering where exactly you are. Stupid fillies, you're in Cloudsdale. ...facility to be correct. Allow me to show you around. What's going on here? Do you expect us to be slaves? Because I'd rather be deported, thanks. Scootaloo yelled. Orion and Aora got off their seats and stood behind Scootaloo, nodding in agreement. Like you failures have a choice. You'll be here for the rest of your lives. Oh, I'm sorry. Where are my manners? I'm Dr. Atmosphere. My degree isn't a medical one. I shall reassure you, in case you're picturing some dreadful surgery going on behind the scenes, strange how so many worthless pegasuses get that idea. No, no, my degree is in engineering. I'm one of the four cults in this facility. I'm sure you've all had a tour of the lower facility, no? The three ponies nodded slowly, unsure of what was going on. Excellent! Who can tell me where the tour begins? Orion spoke up first. Where the spectra comes from upstairs and is mixed? Very good. What a pity you're utterly useless to the flock. You could have been a smart one. Dr. Atmosphere smiled sadistically and patted Orion on the head. But today we're on the upper floor. Please follow me and don't get too far behind or one of my helpers will be sure to encourage you. With that, he winked at the suited ponies. With nods three of them at the rear, leaned forwards and jabbed each of the Pegasus with tasers, shocking them to the ground. Dr. Atmosphere whinnied in laughter as they all yelped and fell, and continued into a soft chuckle as they all stood up again. Scootaloo blinked more tears from her eyes and shook herself again, trying to lose the tingling in her nerves. She turned and quickly looked at each of the suited ponies, catching each of them in the eye when she could. 
None of them were the rose-eyed pony from the carriage, but grudgingly she started walking behind the red engineer. You simply must be careful in this department, Dr. Atmosphere began in a tone not unlike many tour guides in the lower floors. You simply must be careful in this department, Dr. Atmosphere began in a tone not unlike the many tour guides in the lower floors. There's plenty of nooks and crannies and vents and vats that one could fall into. One must be careful not to hurt themselves. After all, you're all hopeless as it is. Any more so and we couldn't use you. He glanced behind himself maliciously as the three fowls frowned in insult. They were walking down a series of halls with vibrating machines and assembly lines lining the way, occasionally ducking under low-hanging wires or carefully stepping over streaming pipes as they walked. As they walked, though, the building became cooler and cooler. All three were watching, sensing, looking for any way out. They couldn't see any. Now let me tell you a story. Cloudsdale is where the weather is made. Without us, the rest of Equestria would starve, freeze, drown, and generally not be a very happy place. That gives us a special honour, one that can't be tainted by uh, incompetent fowls like you. How could the world look up and trust us if Pegasi like you are flying around wearing Cloudsdale name? No, no. We need to do something with all of you. And then we got this delicious idea. One day, over a thousand years ago, there were some smart ponies back then, I'll say. You don't find too many of them these days, but I digress. <laughs> Here, now, through these doors, quickly now, before more encouragement is supplied. Dr. Atmosphere opened a heavy-looking door in a cramped corridor and offered a hoof inside. Scootaloo stared up at him. He glanced at a suited pony. Scootaloo and the others walked inside, and he laughed again. Enjoy the rest of your pitiful life! And with that, he slammed the door closed. They all turned and looked at the big room they had been led to. It was fairly open and empty, almost like a theatre room. At one end of the room were six square vats, each one nearly full with individual spectra. Above them was a peculiar-looking machine from a central stack. Six hoses broke off and led above each of the individual vats. At the top of the stack was a single opening, red, with rust despite the rest of the machine to be shiny and clean. Even further above was a fairly complex looking object with chains and gears hanging off beams and pipes loosely. Running even higher than the whole machine was a length of scaffolding, with doors on either side leading out of the room. Down on the floor, a small collection of defeated, crying ponies sat, chatting quietly. Those suits there, those suits there, those are from those other flight schools across town, Aora informed, sounding shocked. And those other ponies sitting over there, see? I remember a trip we went on once with Levitating Acres Private School. I remember them from that trip. So this is where all failures go, not deported, but forced to work forever? Orion sobbed quietly. In exchanging for someone's help, he had doomed himself and his good friend to a life of servitude. Scootaloo reached a reassuring wing over and lifted his chin. She smiled at him, understanding his depression. At least we don't have to go through it alone, she cooed softly. Suddenly there was a commotion in the group of ex-students. One pony from an unidentified school took off headed towards one of the doors on the scaffolding. Immediately, two suited ponies launched at record speed and both clipped the fly away with their tasers. The pony spasmed in the air and then dropped like a stone, with an audible crack as he landed and a violent burst of twitching. All the other ponies walked back, staring horrified at their friend. They watched, hopefully, for a long time. He didn't move. Some cried softly, most others turned away, too far confused to feel any more emotions. I guess that option's out, Aora quietly said to no one in particular. But you can't fly right now anyways, Orion questioned. That medic guy, Patches or whatever he was called, he popped my wings back into their joints and bandaged up when my skin tore. I won't be winning any races, but I can fly again. They slowly walked forwards and joined the group of ponies, 
looking at each other with understanding sorrow. Eyes front and centre, you inept mules, one of the suited ponies shouted. After the previous display, no one challenged that order and stared at the scaffolding, just as one of the doors opened. How would you ask are they up to the task to which the answer is in a simple facility? A few official-looking pegasi walked in on the scaffolding and turned down to look on the group with disgust. One of them stood up to a small podium set up in the centre and began speaking loudly and clearly. By now, you've all clearly determined that you're not going into exile. There is no deportation. There never was. You are in the factory. You will never leave the factory. And while you may be called useless, that's also not entirely true. You're worthless to the flock as a pony, but you still have purpose. Purpose to all ponies in this land far and wide. You get to help us make rainbows. Beautiful, magical rainbows. Doesn't that excite you? The mysterious announcer grinned ecstatically, taking in all the disgusted looks from every fowl on the floor below him. I thought so, he chuckled. It is just such an honour, you know. It leaves every pony entrusted with the task speechless too. Now, do we have any volunteers? Again, every pony below glared with hate. One brave pony, a, a light pink one from Levitating Acres, walked forward a few steps, then yelled, How could you ever get away with this? How would Celestia or even Luna know about this and tolerate it? It's slavery. It's torture. I think you'll find it's more than that. A second official pony walked out from the shadows up to the podium. The pony was in a suit and masked. The first pony walked off the podium and allowed the second to talk. Scootily noticed that it was the rose-eyed pony from before. She watched more intently now. The voice was familiar. A thousand years ago, when Celestia banished Luna from Equestria and sent her to the moon, she was charged with three tasks. She originally was in charge of raising the sun and showering the land with rainbows, but with the moon being an additional task, she had to hand down responsibility of rainbows. Celestia entrusted the Pegasi of Cloudsdale to make the rainbows for her. From then on, for the first dozen years, we were given powerful unicorns to help create spectra. Spectra is a pure pigment, pure color. Everything is full of spectra, so you can't just harvest it. You can never separate color from an object, so it was made artificially with magic. The masked pony never took her eyes off the brave pink one. That is, until our top engineers made a breakthrough. They discovered an ingenious way to extract pigment, and it was so beautiful even a simple machine could do it. But it couldn't be done with just anything. The conditions had to be right. What did those horrible people do? The pink pegasus screamed, growing angrier by the minute. The mysterious pony whipped off her mask, unveiling more than her rose eyes. Her skin was a light cyan, and her mane was a gorgeous rainbow. Several of the fillies gasped. Scootaloo's knees weakened as it hit her. It was Rainbow Dash. Scootaloo's thoughts raced through her mind, and the room began spinning. It couldn't be an evil twin, maybe? Perhaps some neglected sister? Rainbow Dash couldn't be this evil. She was her friend, her mentor, her only family. Even if not by blood, how? How was all she could think. It had to be live ponies. Only in ponies where magic and spectra can run freely together. Rainbow Dash threw her head back and laughed maniacally. Only then could spectra be separated. And it was such a beautiful idea. Such a wonderfully horrible idea. It worked so well, we could create exponentially more rainbows of better quality with real spectra, and then it finally gave us a way to prevent Cloudsdale from being tainted by all those horrible pegasus which couldn't fly. <laughs> Scootaloo couldn't take it. While all the other ponies were exclaiming their disgust and fear and running and screaming for where they came in, backing off as suited ponies surrounded them and herded them back into the center of the floor. Scootaloo couldn't take it anymore. I thought you loved me! She wailed, cutting Rainbow Dash's laughter short. Huh? She turned and noticed the amber-orange pegasus. 
I thought you loved me. How could you do this to me? I thought you cared for me. After all the help, all my life, you've treated me like a little sister. And I treated you like my big sister. You were my big sister to me. You were the only family I ever had. And you knew it. Tears were pouring down her face now, obscuring her vision again. Her throat hurt from the crying and shouting, but she couldn't stop. After, after everything, you're just going to let me die? I tried so hard for you. She stared at the floor for a moment. Everyone was silent. Then Scudelo looked up slowly. And while she couldn't see the sadness in her eyes, she looked at Rainbow Dash, straight into those rosy eyes, past them, and deep into Rainbow Dash herself. I thought you loved me. Rainbow Dash returned the look. Her eyes revealed no emotion, no love, no care, only apathy. Slowly, however, they glared at Scootaloo. Pure, seething hate erupted from Rainbow Dash's mouth as she screamed in return. I did love you. I tried so hard for you. I taught you everything you knew in hopes you would pass your test. You had it in you, kid. I knew what they did here. Ever since I performed at Sonic Rainboom and they approached me, they wanted to find more ways to make Spectrum. They thought that if I was capable of making rainbows, I could help them make its components. Well, they couldn't. But I learned a lot about this place. I'm the manager here, you know. I worked my way up in secret, pretending to only be simple weather control. How do you think I could afford that massive house over Ponyville? How do you... She trailed, shaking her head, remembering her anger suddenly. I tried, all right. It was up to you to save yourself. You didn't just fail yourself. You didn't just fail Cloudsdale. You failed me. You failed me. And that is the worst thing you could have done. You aren't just dead to Cloudsdale now. You're dead to me. The room tilted as Scootaloo tried to comprehend what she just told her. Her mind broke as she was totally unable to focus on anything. She stumbled slightly until Orion held open a wing and she clung to it for stability. Rainbow Dash noticed this and pointed and yelled with more fury. You can't have happiness. You ruined me. Now I'll ruin you. Workers, the brown one. There, him first. No! Scootaloo, Aora and Orion all jumped. Suited ponies cornered Orion, pushing the other two to the side. He tried to leap out of the way to run, but one of the stallions spun around and kicked at him. The hoof connected to his shoulder and Orion collapsed with a shout. Get back! More suits yelled at Aurora and Scootaloo as they dragged the whimpering Orion to the front of the room. The giant machine at the back started humming to life and the assembly of chains lifted off the top and moved towards the floor. Everyone noticed they were shackles now and the suits clasped Orion into them. Braving to look up, he turned to Scootaloo. Don't worry, Scoots. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Orion. Scootaloo gasped. I, I love you too. With that, the chains pulled tight and lifted the brown Pegasus all the way up to the gears. The chains grew taunt and stretched each of Orion's limbs straight up and down. We find the machine works better if the ribs are broken. Rainbow Dash exclaimed apathetically. As the chains spun around in opposite directions, twisting Orion, his screams almost covered the echoing pops and shattering noises. One or two jagged bones tore through his side and his yells faded to a slow, quiet rattle of death. The chains untwisted and then the shackles opened, dropping the shattered pony into the single opening. With horror, Scootaloo watched her brain, overcome with what was happening, detached from all emotion, she noticed that the top of the machine wasn't rusty. It was blood. Blood, just like what was being tossed up from the mangled remains of Orion. As the rest of his body was swallowed into the great machine, finishing with one lone hoof directed straight up, and then nothing was left. As the hoses over the green and red vats of spectrum started spewing their brilliant colours, Scootaloo's vision started to fade, and the last thing she noticed was Aurora's concerned, broken voice saying her name as Scootaloo flopped to the side. In the rainbow
Scootaloo, get up, get up, now, hurry. Scootaloo, wake up, wake up. Scootaloo shook her head, briefly wondering where she was and what was happening. In a flash, it all came back, and she jumped to her feet. Aora was shaking her, fright encasing her face. The suits were approaching the two now, tasers and shackles up and ready. Scootaloo, they're coming for us. What do we do? Scootaloo looked for an opening. All the doors were blocked except for one, on the scaffolding. The suited ponies were slowly approaching, not rushing in order to prevent the fillies from freaking out. Fear was their tool. Scootaloo spun around, looking for an exit. There was only one, she realized. I have a plan, she whispered to Ayora. What's that? Clear. Fly. Fall. Complete. Ayora nodded in understanding, her eyes widening. She repeated, louder now, so the other frightened fillies could hear. Clear. Fly. Fall. Complete. Got it. One. Scootaloo started counting. Two. Aora squeaked as she backed into Scootaloo. The suits were mere feats away now. Three! A collective shout reverberated around the room as every filly that could actually fly took off. Those suited ponies gasped and fell back, unsure of what to do. There was too much confusion. A few of the faster thinking ones took off as well, tasers at the ready, aiming at the closest Pegasus they could take. Step one, Scootaloo screamed. Clear! With her command, the failures started targeting the dark ponies in droves, hooves connected with heads, and while some of the students fell lifeless on the floor, the majority of casualties were ponies. Scootaloo and Aora landed on the scaffolding right by the door and reached to open it. It was locked. Oh God, what do we do now? Aora cried. We're still on clear, she shouted. Turning around and bucking the door, Aora followed her, focusing the blunt of her blows on the part of the wall where the latch would be. Rainbow Dash, on the other side of the scaffolding, recovered from her initial shock of the rebellion, and noticed Scootaloo pounding on the door. Kill her! She screamed at the other important-looking ponies. Kill her! She started to gallop towards the fillies. Forgetting her wings momentarily, Scootaloo closed her eyes, pounding harder and harder on the door. It started to creak and splinter. Any second now, she thought. Rainbow Dash will get there. It's over. I'm doomed. She would have cried, but there were no more tears left. But nothing came. The door started to split from its frame now. Leaning inward. It would not be long until it was open. She opened her clenched eyes, peeked up at the scaffolding. All the remaining ponies were there, pressing together, holding the enraged blue Pegasus and her cronies back. They won't last long, however. Scootily watched, twitching and yelping ponies were falling to the floor below, some even landing in the great moor of the Spectrum machine. The pink pony from the levitating acres was there, and she turned to Scootily and Aora, just as the door flew back into the hall behind. Fly! The pink pony demanded with pain in her voice. She opened her mouth to speak again, but was cut short as the pile of Pegasus blew apart with Rainbow Dash standing enraged in the opening. She was on her two back hooves, her front two rolling in the air. A small gash down her side leaked red, and her multicoloured mane was torn in a patch. An unearthly howl passed her lips, and her rose eyes were drained of any sanity that was left. Come on, Aora, Scootaloo pleaded as she spun around. We've got to fly if we're going to live. I... I can't. This is too much. I haven't healed. Aora looked at Scootaloo with wide open eyes. You go, Scootaloo. Tell everyone what happens here. Let them know. She glanced back at the wall of students, almost bare now. As Rainbow Dash's bloodlust tore them to pieces, her blue coat was now glistening crimson, almost dripping as she ignored the need for live ponies. There would be more. Cloudsdale could take a small shortage of rainbows. In another few months, there would be more classes more failures, but for now, all she knew was that Scootaloo had to die, violently if possible. Decades of working for the Rainbow Factory had fractured her. She was the only one allowed out in public, and keeping the horrible secret with her since childhood had only led to psychological problems that no amount of therapy could cure. 
Scootaloo was her last link on sanity, and her failure had deleted that. There was no logic in her mind anymore, no care, no capacity for compassion, only hate. Pure, concentrated and evil hatred filled the gap her love for Scootaloo had once occupied. Rainbow Dash was no more. Only this monster remained. I hardly knew you, Aora. Scootaloo cooed softly into the yellow pegasus beside her. I'm sorry I never knew you until all of this. I'm sorry we had to meet like this, and I'm sorry we have to part like this. She sniffed. She had found more tears. Any meeting of a friend is a welcome meeting, Aora reassured Scootaloo. Now you heard the other pony. Fly, Scootaloo, fly. Goodbye. Goodbye, Aora. And with that, Scootaloo levitated and spun around, looked into the yellow pony's eyes one last time, and launched down the cramped corridor. She had no idea where she was going, but any chance at freedom was one she had to take. Aora blinked a couple of times, standing in the front of the door. Rainbow Dash would have at least one obstacle in her way to Scootaloo. The blue pony tossed the last of the other students over the scaffolding and slowly walked towards Aora. How cute! You think that you, a useless broken pile of manure, could possibly stand in my way? You really make me laugh. None of you can compete with the awesome power I have. Love can overcome all evils in this world. Aora straightened herself in rebellion as Rainbow Dash stepped in front of her. Aora stayed in front of Dash, barring her entry down the corridor beyond. Well then, bitch, let's see if love will overcome this one. And with that, Rainbow Dash grabbed one of Aora's bandaged wings and pulled, tearing it off her completely. Aora collapsed on her knees, grinding her teeth in horrible pain. But she didn't scream, she wouldn't give in to Rainbow Dash. Rainbow grabbed her other wing and dragged her kicking and moaning down the centre of the scaffolding. She lifted Aora up by the wing, laughing quietly to herself as the look of intense agony appeared on Aora's face. Rainbow Dash took to the air bringing the squirming yellow and green pony with her over the top of the machine. With a squeak of evil laughter, she jerked at the wing in her hoof. It too disconnected from the now convulsing Pegasus, and Aora fell. She landed head first. The door on the scaffolding closed with a gust of wind. Just as the machine began pumping out the brightest greens and yellows it had ever produced, there was no one around to see it. Scootily glanced backwards momentarily, her heart pounding. The noise of the constant thump, thump, thump drowned out any other sound in her head, her ears throbbing along with it. The corridor was like the one that led to the theatre room, crammed with dozens of obstacles jutting out at random intervals. Straight behind her, maybe 500 metres now, the bloody mare that used to be Rainbow Dash was cruising along herself. Both Pegasi were completely straight, hooves forward, wings beating at an impossible count, one trying to escape the other to capture. Scootaloo looked forward again, focusing on what lie ahead of her. That's all that matters, she thought. What's ahead of me? There's no changing what's behind me. Ignore it. Focus. For the second time in many days, a flood of instinct overtook Scootaloo, and despite the terror she felt in her body, the sorrow that had surrounded her and the evil behind her, her worries melted away and the thought of flying encased her very being. Down under wires and pipes she ducked, up and around various workers whose complaints and shouts were ignored, only to be repeated momentarily as the raging pony behind collided with them. Her body doing the flying, Scootaloo's thoughts turned to escape opportunities. She whipped around the sharp corners at impossible speeds, zipped up and down countless sets of stairs, tried to shake her murderous tail, but to no avail. She contemplated every nook and cranny she had passed, Briefly considering hiding, she struck that idea down. As insane as Rainbow Dash may be, she was still too smart to overlook any possible spot Scootaloo may be. But there, ahead of her, Scootaloo thought she had found a solution. A garbage vent of some kind, sticking out from the wall, down to the floor below. Momentarily she gave thought to where it may lead whether out of the factory or into some incinerator she couldn't tell, but it was probably worth the risk. She snuck one last glance behind her to make sure the unstable mare was far away enough. Rainbow Dash was paying no attention to any hazard as she sought her prey, tearing through electrical wires and ricocheting off heated pipes, 
going through any obstacle rather than around it to save time, but the collisions had slowed her down enough to give Scootaloo a chance. She slammed to a sudden halt over the open vent, hoping for her life. Full, she muttered, closing her eyes and her wings. Resisting the urge to start flapping immediately, she counted silently to herself as shadows rushed past her closed eyes, hoping for the best of where the vent led. One, two, three. She opened her eyes and her wings and looked up, hovering. Rainbow Dash was up above, looking down the vent. Her eyes were buggy and twitched. Her hooves pounded on the edge of the vent. She was too large to follow, the filly having barely made it in herself. But then, the anger in her face vanished, only to be replaced by a malicious grin. She started laughing again, the cackle echoing down the vent and reverberating in Scootaloo's mind. You moron! You never did have a good sense of direction! She teased, laughing again. Scootaloo finally looked down, getting her bearings. Oh no, she squealed. She was in the theatre room again. Only by now it was full of suited ponies circling her. Their masked faces seemed to be grinning at her as Rainbow Dash shouted orders down the vent. Don't let her die. I must do it. Subdue her. Catch her. She whinnied in glorious victory as the suit shocked Scootaloo with a taser. And as her limp body began to fall from the air, caught her and brought her to the floor. Scootaloo blacked out momentarily as the electricity passed through her, but she came to lying on the cold cloud floor, metal shackles preventing her from moving. She struggled to get free. She could hardly shake. The chains lifted her slightly, bringing her small body eye to eye with a pegasus in front of her. The pony was a deep blood red, glistening with the artificial light of the factory. Her mane had small spots of glorious colors of the rainbow, but was mostly the same red color as her coat of fur. Chunks of skin were missing from small spots, and her hair was ripped in some places, bold patches of skin in others. The only clue Scootaloo had as to who this used to be were the rose irises focused on her. Any final words, you miserable, worthless, whore of a fowl? Scootaloo brought her chin high, still demanding even the tiniest fraction of dignity. You have beautiful eyes, she cooed, soft, yet clearly. Please visit thebrainyblog.com and everypony.com where every pony is some pony. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider joining my Patreon, patreon.com slash tmff to get early access to audiobooks and to be able to request I do a reading of what you want, provided the author approves. Thank you to Artlist.io for providing the massive music and sound effect library that I have to work with. And most of all, thank you to the bronies who write the amazing stories that inspire me to make these. Fluttershy and Izzy are best ponies. I now have a Discord server where you can join in and chat with other fanfiction fans. If you enjoy what I do, you can donate to me on Ko-Fi. Links in the description.